Hey guys, welcome back to another episode on Magic Mike. Now, today in the virtual studio, we have Jeff Altman. Welcome yeah. to my show, Jeff. <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate being invited on. Want to help a lot of people. Woohoo! <laughs> Wonderful. Jeff, could you tell us more about your show? The show is called No BS Job Search Advice Radio. Mm-hmm. I launched it in November 2010. Yeah, you heard that one right. 2010 on the legendary blog talk radio and at that time i had no clue what i was doing mm-hmm. some will say i don't have much of a clue now but you know that they're just being wise guys but you know i was looking for easy because at the, in november 2010 the idea of the technology was a little complicated for me like i had downloaded audio if you guys know that name. That was the original company that um, w- raised money, and it was designed to be a podcasting platform. But Jack Dorsey decided maybe we shouldn't do this, and he gave everyone the money back and uh, started Twitter. Ah. So I tried it. I tried Odeo. I couldn't get it to work for me because it was a little too complicated. Uh, mm-hmm. So. I'm a believer in easy. I like easy solutions to things. And Mm -hmm. Blog Talk Radio, for a free platform at that time, you you could dial into a phone number. The audio quality was absolutely awful. (laughs) The phone line. (laughs) Okay. And I do a show on Monday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern time in the United States. And the first show, I commuted into my office and you'd listen to Blog Talk Radio do a countdown. Your show is ready to start in three, two, one. And they would record with this intro that said Blog Talk Radio. And mm-hmm. um, like I said, audio quality was awful. I did a 15-minute rant mm-hmm. uh, because my thinking was, at that time, I was doing recruiting. And Mm -hmm. the one thing I realized pretty quickly was no one has any idea how to choose a recruiter, but they think all of them stink. Mm -hmm. There's there's another word that they use, but I'm trying to be clean for the Mm -hmm. audience. Mm -hmm. It's Singapore, you know, I don't want people coming to my home and locking me up or (laughs) or whipping me. So um, I'll I'll simply say that uh, I went for easy. And initially, I had no listens. And now going back, I have quite a few. And, um, you know, I've learned a lot along the way. The, you know, my idea was, since people don't know whether they can trust the recruiter, I would mm-hmm. give them a way that they could figure it out with me. So I would just give them great advice. Mm-hmm. And then I would talk about some of the jobs I'd be recruiting for. And... Um, could get 15 minutes of information out because that was, I think, about as much as Blog Talk Radio gave you at that mm-hmm. time free before they were starting to encourage you to wrap up. It's kind of like in the original days of YouTube. Uh, the original YouTube recordings were 10 minutes. And uh, it, I remember my first YouTube video was 9.58. And if you weren't done by 10 minutes, they were cutting you off. But, <laughs> From a podcast perspective, I just wanted an easy way to do it. And mm. Blog Talk Radio gave that to me. And um, 
it's 2100 plus episodes later i've had two other shows as well um, mm-hmm. one i discontinued after 800 plus episodes mm-hmm. it's the number two uh, podcast and job search now even though i haven't done a show for almost two years now mm-hmm. i did a coaching show as well uh to talk to people about doing their life better. And I discontinued that at about 200 episodes. It started all to feel like too much work. Mm-hmm. But along the way, I got a lot of great advice that I brought back to, to No BS Job Search Advice Radio uh, that's helped me perform much, much better. Gotcha. And, you know, starting this back 10 years ago, the mic setups and everything may have been different. I mean, you explained the software, you know, you're using audio, block talk radio. What kind of microphone setup did you use when you started off your podcast journey? And what microphone setup are you using right now? Well, back in the Stone Ages, you know, 2010, when dinosaurs were roaming through the earth and, you know, I didn't have a, a microphone setup. Uh, right. I called in on a phone line. Uh, and along the way, uh, I was approached about doing job search radio, and it was going to be a 30-minute interview show. Now, I started off doing the same thing, Mm -hmm. except I was calling into a conference calling service. And then I started to realize how bad the audio was, and they had assigned a coach to me who really encouraged me to start making the change. And their idea very simply was, we'll do all the production work behind, but just get people into good quality audio. Mm -hmm. So I tried hard and I whimpered a little bit and I started to do Skype recordings uh, using Pamela software. And I bought my first Yeti microphone at that time. Mm -hmm. Uh, And um, you could hear it immediately. Just hear the difference immediately, uh, how good audio is. And I've been using you know, the Yeti mics ever since. Uh, I now throw a pop filter on it because I didn't know about mm-hmm. pop filters at the beginning. But the long and the short of it is I still look for easy. Yeti is you know, reasonably priced in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it works like a charm. I could go more sophisticated, but I don't care as much. I just like easy so I can get the value out to the audience as quickly as possible. Right. I mean, especially producing 2100 episodes, you will want your process as easy as possible so you can keep the consistency. Agreed. And, you know, for three, four years, I was doing a seven day a week show. And I cut it back this year to five. Mm-hmm. Still, wow, <laughs> but it's easier for me doing five. I don't feel like, uh, I don't feel the stress having mm-hmm. eliminated the weekend shows. Um, you know, if I'm running late on pre-recording and editing the content, then I don't feel under the gun that I've got to do a bunch more episodes. Uh, so doing five is luxurious for me. Gotcha. And how how do you manage this whole process? I mean, running seven days a week. I mean, seven, running seven days, seven episodes a week. That's that's a lot of commitment, and that means like, you know, you're either channing out content on a, you know, blocking out one day just to produce seven episodes, or 
you know something how, how do you actually manage your process so what i did i've mentioned i i do youtube as well mm-hmm. so what i started to do uh, was take my youtube videos and turn them into my content mm-hmm. i would strip out the intro and the outro from youtube so instead of people hearing hi this is jeff Alpin, the big game hunter and you know going into my youtube intros uh I would strip out that intro and outro and record a new intro and outro, add on a couple of affiliate uh, promotions in there as well. Um, and I now had an episode. So it's, you know, there's some time consumed in that. And to me, it's no big deal because, you know, frankly, it's meditator for me. Doesn't require a lot of thinking you know, and I'm a one cut recording guy. So even with my YouTube videos, there is no editing whatsoever. I just go right into what I'm going to talk about. And if I flub something, I flub something. Same thing with the podcast. When I'm recording the intros, uh, very simply, it's, you know, sometimes I'm going to I laugh when I record it and I make a mistake on my words. Uh, it's and, authentic, right? It's like right. keeping it keeping it human in that sense. Right. And you know, it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be excellent. And that's what mm-hmm. I give people is excellent information, generally in bite-sized morsels. Uh, so most of my shows for years have been four to ten minutes in length. Mm-mm-mm. Now, you know, I started to play with uh, interviews again last year, and I record one 30-minute interview, and it comes out on YouTube first. Then it goes to my OTT television channel on Amazon, Roku, and through another app called BingeNetworks.tv, it winds up on Apple TV and 90 other smart sets. So if you look for the Job Search TV app on Amazon and Roku, you can get my content there. And then on BingeNetworks.tv for Apple and, like I said, 90 other smart sets uh, that use apps to them. And then the following week, I was doing a 30-minute show on Wednesday that was the previous week's interview on YouTube. But I decided to play this week because uh, I noticed I wasn't happy with my numbers for the long interview. So I started to do this week with making the 30-minute interview two fifteens, with you know, a part one and a part two. And I'm going to be curious about what the numbers are like. Gotcha. And where do you host this podcast now, um, Jeff? It's currently on Anchor. Uh, right. Like I said, it had been on Blog Talk. I was recently approached by a podcast network about moving my show there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me, because they want to sell ad content uh, for mm-hmm. it. Right now, I'm monetizing. It's really about promoting me. Yes, I've got affiliate links on uh, or affiliate promos with the show, but someone wants to actually deliver advertising for me again. Uh, so I'm considering a move to a network. I prefer not to mention the name because mm-hmm. you know, for now it's, you know, I haven't made a decision uh, to do so, but you know, the idea for now is I wasn't happy with blog talk, mm-hmm. went to anchor and uh, have an opportunity now that I'm considering to move to a network. Gotcha. And, 
for recording right now, what do you use? You still use Skype or do you use any other software? Uh, I primarily use Zoom. Now, okay. when I, so let, let's say we're doing the uh, editing uh, for the Zoom recording and um, for the YouTube videos. So the YouTube videos obviously have to be converted from an MP4 to an MP3. There's mm -hmm. a series of software products from an Australian firm called NCH Software that mm -hmm. I have no affiliate relationship whatsoever with. So there's a program called Prism that they sell that does a quick conversion from a MP4 to MP3. Mm -hmm. Then from there, they have a product called WavePad that you know, is very easy for editing. Uh, I find it a little bit easier than Audacity. Um, I use Audacity because every once in a while, software gets quirky. So mm -hmm. on the occasions that WavePad is misbehaved, I use Audacity as a backup. I just don't like it as much. Uh, you know, sliding things in Audacity to position it for mixing is a little bit more complicated and approximate than I would like. And then for mixing, because I have an intro for the show, um, I use the NCH product called MixPad. Mm -hmm. And MixPad, in effect, is mixer software. So I have intro music, uh, and then on a second track, I bring in the actual show's intro. And thus, I'm able to blend it very well and be able to deliver a nice intro so that people you know have that familiar experience week after week that they seem mm. to like so actually this and this is the first time actually I'm, I'm hearing about it nch software yeah i've came across the software but first time i'm hearing a podcaster using it to edit i know i know <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's, Most, it's quite interesting because yeah. I, I did have a look at that and Audacity and to me, I mean, I leaned towards Audacity because it was um, just easy to find the tutorial videos, <laughs> but NCH, that WavePad, I've used it before. It's quite interesting how it's built. And, and they do a variety of other things uh, for mm -hmm. balancing. Um, you know, I don't do it regularly. Again, part of what I look for is easy. Uh, mm -hmm. So it, it, for me, it's easy to, like, for example, I have an outro for my show that has some heavy metal music to it. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I normally have to level out the actual recording with the metal music at the end. It's very easy. Uh, a little bit better than I find I found uh, Audacity does. Uh, and again, like I keep saying, I love easy. <laughs> as long as so, it's not time consuming yeah exactly exactly uh, jeff do you edit your own shows i do edit my own shows because okay. uh, i don't generate enough revenue directly from the show to farm mm -hmm. it out uh, mm -hmm. again if i if i uh, send it to another service it's going to take in everything that i'm taking in from affiliate income so mm -hmm. rather than do that, I do my own editing and I really use it as promotional material for my coaching now, which I've been doing full time now for years. It's much the same issue as when I did in recruiting in that people don't know how to choose a career coach. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, everyone says they can help you with a job search. Everyone says they're experts. But, you know, 
there's no proof. There's no way that people can measure it. They Mm -hmm. can't hear your voice. They can't get a feel for your expertise. They can read it. They can, you know, listen to you on different platforms, you know, uh, whether it's on Clubhouse or elsewhere. But Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. fundamentally, it's, you know, how do you generate trust? That's mm-hmm. what I'm looking for because my coaching costs more than what I've been able to generate in direct advertising or in, or in um, revenue from um, uh, affiliate income. Mm-hmm. So I focus on delivering great material. I consider the other stuff a bonus. Mm-hmm. You mentioned about Clubhouse just a bit. Um, have you used Clubhouse? You betcha I have. Now, I'm not nice. running a club. Uh, but yeah. you know, I've been on Clubhouse now since um, oh, way back in late March, late right. March 2021, <laughs> which makes me an old timer. But you know, I, I ran a room uh, or moderated or co-moderated a room, I should say, uh, on two occasions, and I drop into different people's rooms that relate to my expertise uh, because I know some of them have thinner knowledge than I do. So, for example, mm-hmm. in my own background, I'll stop into LinkedIn rooms because on LinkedIn, I'm member 7653 of the mm-hmm. um, of the more than 700 million pl- people on the platform. Mm-hmm. So, I, ha- I have a lot of knowledge about using LinkedIn effectively, particularly from a career perspective. Um, mm-hmm. Every once in a while, I'll ask a question that is a stumper uh, and that no one seems to, to know the answer to. Uh, I have assumptions, but I can't be uh, certain or that, or I'm just noticing their misconceptions uh, that people have about why LinkedIn does certain things. And yeah, I like Clubhouse a lot, uh, but I'm, I don't have the, the desire to invest enough time there yet to build the following that makes it monetizable for me. Gotcha. And what are your thoughts on Clubhouse or in, in general audio rooms? I mean, Spotify recently acquired uh, the locker room. Facebook are coming up with their audio room. Reddit, Discord, uh, Twitter. Twitter's already out. Yeah, Twitter exactly. spaces. Twitter spaces. You know, what are your thoughts on audio rooms? And, you know, producing 2100 episodes do you see like this audio rooms helping podcasters? Yeah. And, and I'll just go to the, an example that I see of Ben Horowitz from uh, Andreessen Horowitz. Uh, he does his recordings on Clubhouse these days. Mm. So you know, he's one of the top VCs in the world and has been for years. He sees value in it. I see value as well. Um, uh, and having that kind of an audience doing it live is fabulous. Absolutely fabulous. Because energetically, you know, you invite people up on stage with you to ask questions. It is a home run experience for everyone. So I like that idea. I'm not sure. Um, like I can see Facebook doing it, but I'm not aware that they're really getting a lot of traction with their uh live meeting software and with twitter it's almost like going back in time to previous things that they did with periscope but you know when push comes to shove to me the the one i really want to see is linkedin because of the nature of the show that i do 
Yes, they've got LinkedIn Live. I haven't been granted access to that. I'd love to have it. But mm-hmm. for some reason, they don't like the fact that uh, I've got 7,000 videos on YouTube and 2,100 podcasts. And I keep telling them, I'll move all my YouTube recording to them and mm-hmm. do a show there. No response. It's like talking to a, right. you know, the black hole. Right, right, right. So I love the idea of audio programming because mm-hmm. it's the kind of thing that people can just put their, their headphones in for, do other things, and be part of the conversation mm-hmm. without the kind of commitment that video sometimes requires them to have. Mm-hmm. And, you know, speaking of audio rooms, we have, you know, multiple apps coming out for podcasters, especially this year, which I've seen as like, the um, riverside.fm squadcast descript you know plenty of other apps which are coming up mm-hmm. have you used any of these apps and trialed it i was an early user for descript um, mm-hmm. and, and in the days pre podcast mm-hmm. uh, when they were just doing uh, audio transcriptions or transcriptions mm-hmm. in general uh, mm-hmm. and the transcriptions were terrific when it uh, they started switching over to uh, podcasting it was something i would need to learn (laughs) no disrespect i don't want to learn things i want to deliver Mm -hmm. great experiences Um, Mm -hmm. and and rather than having to uh, learn another platform i've avoided Mm -hmm. it like the plague so Mm -hmm. uh, i've recorded shows or uh, been interviewed on riverside it seems fine squadcast seems fine as well but Mm -hmm. You know, what's going to be better for me? I don't know the answer to that. They haven't told me. Uh, mm-hmm. And yes, it's dedicated, but you know, I'm wondering, for example, on Squadcast, you know, can it be done over video as well? You tell me it's what you use. Uh, so is the quality? I personally prefer Riverside.fm purely for the fact because it's easier to use in the interface. But Riv, um, Squadcast just released their video um, uh, video platform as well. Cool. So, so Squadcast has released their video platform. Um, um, so it's something like uh, Riverside.fm and Zencaster. Um, if you ask me, I haven't tested out the video side of things yet. But it's just quite interesting, you know, how, this, how these players are making it easier to sort of like... Um, allow videos allow audios um you know for podcasters in that sense because three years ago when i started out this um my journey in the podcasting industry um all this were rare it's just audio if you want video go to youtube now after recording like a thousand over episodes for clients and guests you sorry that was my alarm (laughs) (laughs) So after, you know, recording thousand episodes for guests and clients, I, I sort of like see this huge shift where it's just getting easier to access to, you know, just, you know, record it via video, record via audio. It's just gotten so much easier. Maybe Squadcast, Riverside, even Zencaster, they are all on video. It's Zoom as well. Zoom is probably the easiest of them all. So it's, it's, it's just quite interesting how... Um, podcasting and the apps are actually sort of like um, 
enabling enabling podcasters to produce their shows in a much more easier format you betcha and for me one of the things i like about zoom is i'm done uh, i can do a quick edit set it to someone that i work with on fiverr for transcription mm-hmm. Have it back in two days, and uh, and be able to have it delivered for YouTube, you know, weekly. Yeah, and it it just makes it easy. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Because the transcription J- makes a difference on YouTube, of course. Hmm. I mean, using the search, um, what is it? Using the transcript and searching through that that makes a huge difference. You bet. Jeff, 2,100 episodes. Like I mentioned earlier, that's not an easy feat. How, what kind of challenges have you faced over this, um, you know, period? From a technical perspective, you know, what has been the biggest challenge for you? Uh, From a technical perspective, not a content creation standpoint, um, Um, it's really keeping up. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. there are things that are being thrown at me all the time that I consider uh, migrating to. I'll use the example of the podcast network, which in theory should make it easier, but I know it won't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's going to be different kinds of editing work for them. So be mm-hmm. it. You know, if I can generate enough revenue, then I'll start outsourcing the um, uh, the editing for the podcast to someone else. Mm-hmm. But Fundamentally, it really isn't challenging at this point. The hardest thing in my mind is for me as as the host of this show to come across as fresh and entertaining as well as informative. Because mm-hmm. you know, I've got a, a business show, a career show, um, and I've developed an audience of people who like what I deliver, how I deliver it. And as I say to my guests who I interview, um, I'll say, you know, I'm, I'm here, I'm responsible for entertaining. Um, so I'm going to be a little louder and mm-hmm. more energetic in the pre-interview than I am, for example, talking with you right now. Mm-hmm. So uh, my job is to inform and entertain. And that takes a lot of energy because I put in a long day. But it's the, it comes with the territory. From the technical standpoint, at this point, I'm not rushing out to do new things, although I will try Squadcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> check on Riverside once you're telling me they also do video. Um, yeah. But you know, it, I like easy. And unless someone can show me a real good reason why I should upgrade to something else, I'll think doing this the same thing for another couple of years. Because although your audience can't see it, I'm not a young guy anymore. At this mm-hmm. point, I'm 70. I've been podcasting for uh, more than 10 years, and uh, I'm going to go a while longer before it's going to be time to hang it up. So the amount of effort I want to put in is really about writing. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's about content creation and less about the technology back end, because I'm at the point in my career where it's about legacy and how to leave something behind to demonstrate my footprint in, in the world. And for me to do that, I don't want to invest a lot of time in the platform. I want to mm-hmm. invest a lot of time bringing it out of me. Gotcha. This may sound weird, but if let's say there's this app 
or tool that sort of helps you overcome the challenge? What would that look like? Uh, it's really about even better quality. Yeah, can, mm. can it make the audio sound better? Can the video be clearer? Um, and um, you know, I know I have uh, I have to upgrade my computer setup because it's a couple of years old, uh, and mm-hmm. they're faster computers with better internet uh, connectivity over Wi-Fi, faster Wi-Fi connectivity that would make uploads for video content faster uh, and would make production a little bit quicker as well. But beyond that, I'm not sure that there's something that I'm really going to rush out to do. The thing I want uh, to do as a next step, as I mentioned, uh, LinkedIn Lives. I want to do a LinkedIn Live with Clubhouse, record it, have it on YouTube, and then be able to bring it back to my podcast. Because one of the things I've been doing lately is Mm -hmm. doing live casts uh, live streams, I should say, on YouTube of mm-hmm. uh, a Q&A show. And then the following Monday, it's like Friday morning I do that. And then uh, Monday morning it comes out in podcast form. I want to do some live material uh, just because it's different. So uh, from a tech perspective, can it get much easier than the way it is now? I don't know. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it It may, it may, but I, I think it's going to be a, it's good. I mean, one of the, I hope one of the entrepreneurs listen to this and like, actually, this is something you can build and bam, they build it. The, the easiest way you could do it is if you could uh, speak to the software and say, yeah, I, yeah, I want yeah. my intro to go to this far and then put the second track, which is, noted in my system as and move mm-hmm. it to uh, 13.4 seconds in. That's a that's a pretty smart AI, I would say. Of course. And it's pretty, uh, pretty smart AI. It's going to take a while for, for it to be uh, uh, cost yeah. effective for most podcasters. I mean, I mean, that end-to-end service where, you know, you record, it goes to everywhere. Theoretically, you can do that, but the, I think the only missing part is like, you know, pretty, um, putting it as a podcast and automating that process and, you know, publishing it. That process is missing. Yep. But that's a pretty smart AI. <laughs> It'll get there more, more likely in your lifetime than in mine. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, this has been an amazing 30 minutes that we shared. You know, it's been quite insightful, um, especially producing 2100 episodes. Keeping up with the consistency, I think that's the key. And maybe doing short episodes and, um, you know, keeping it um, flexible in that sense. I think that plays a huge part in keeping it consistent as well. Yes. Um, you know, I was doing a 30-minute interview show for Jobs mm. Bridge Radio. And mm-hmm. interviews are work. And mm. when I start noticing that my audience is clicking away at certain points, I'm aware that there's an attention span issue in the global culture. And thus, I meet people where they are. I give them bite-sized morsels of information that are pre-chewed by me and pre-digested by me that they can consume initially was on the treadmill at the gym or on their commute or in their car. And the 30s just seem a little long these days. 
So mm-hmm. yes, part of the consistency is chunks rather than needles of information. <laughs> Wonderful, Jeff. As a final question, I ask this to all the guests who come on Magic Mike. What did you have for breakfast this morning? Oh, I had egg whites uh, with uh, a little bit of uh, onion within it in a wrap with an orange and an apple and a cup of coffee. Wonderful. Jeff, it's been great having you on the show. I hope you had a great time and I hope the listeners had a great insightful listen to the show as well. Thank you so much for having me on, folks. Like I say to my my uh, audience, be great. <laughs>